Hi, I'm Troy Howard. Welcome to the third edition of the Right Ideas podcast. I'm joined by Alex Howard, and today we'll be discussing a few issues which have come up in recent days. One is the brand new pandemic which has taken place, deadly pandemic in the small country of New Zealand, mm-hmm. the Jacinda virus. Then we'll be discussing the end of lockdown in Victoria, the uh, issue which we've all been watching closely with Australia Post, uh, the ACT elections and the Queensland Upper House research, which has been done by the brilliant folks at the IPA. And we'll also share some of our views on the uh, rapidly approaching US election. So Mm. welcome back on the podcast, Alex. Thanks for having me, Troy. A pleasure as always. So let's di- let's jump straight into it. The Jacinda virus. I mean, this this is just a tragedy for our poor cousins across the ditch. I mean, she, it was a resounding win, the biggest win in fifty years for the Labor Party in New Zealand, and it's really quite concerning to see how you know the people of New Zealand have fallen for the Queen of Socialism. Yes, well, you know. It is upsetting. I'm not too surprised, though. They do seem to be a little bit, um, well, when I went to New Zealand, they seem to be sort of five, ten years behind the rest of the world. So uh, it is sort of like living in stasis down there. Well, five years ago, we had Tony Abbott. I mean, they're about 50 years behind, really. Yeah, exactly. I mean, they just, uh, yeah, they're not fully sort of, updated on um you know the the real politics and the movements of the of the real world um it is sort of not really its own country new zealand it's sort of no well it it should have actually been a state of australia they um chose not to join australia in federation about 120 years ago and uh, they still try and make the most of um the benefits of this wonderful wealthy country and um, they, they really try to have the cake and eat it too the New Zealanders don't they I mean yeah well I mean you, they definitely made the wrong decision there, not becoming uh, one with Australia because I mean look at them I mean, we're just doing so much better than them and I mean the only reason why they are where they are at the moment is as you said because they basically leech off our economy I mean what do they have do they have coal no no, they they don't really have any um, resources to speak to uh, speak of. The poor old Kiwis, they they have some spectacular scenery though. I'll give them that. It's a beautiful country. Yeah, the tourism's good, but you know I can see that really taking a hit after this election. Um, I mean, I think the whole country is just alienated. Well, the vast majority of of people in the world who aren't left wing extremists. Yeah, well, there is some. Uh, something to look forward to for New Zealanders. Jacinta Ardern has made a spectacular pledge that she's going to plant one billion, that's <laughs> one billion trees. That's 1,000 million trees. That's a lot of trees. I mean, I, I don't know how she's going to do it. Um, I imagine that she's not going to be doing it herself. Well, you know, these tree planting things, it's, it's all just a, a load of horse manure, really, because... Um, I was reading one study just the other day that said, you know, in in Africa they tried to plant, I think it was one million or one billion trees, and um, they planted all these seeds, but in the end, you know how many trees actually grew? Zero. 
well, pretty much. It was three. Three trees. Out of a billion. Out of a billion. So they put the seeds in the ground, but do they bother to come back and water them? No. Yeah. Well, that's socialism for you. Yeah, I mean, just making these these big announcements like that, that's that's why she's done so well, just at announcing things. But uh, yeah, It feels good, doesn't it? A billion trees. Mm-hmm. Not a million, a billion. Where are they going to plant these trees? I mean, there's, there's only four million people in New Zealand. So, you know, that's, that's about, what, 250,000 trees per person. I mean, how on earth is, you know, is the population of New Zealand going to be able to even plant these trees? It's just, yeah, beyond belief. But there is some good news coming out of the election in New Zealand. Uh, the Libertarian Party uh, Act achieved 8% of the vote, which is... A small step forward in what is a colossal step back for our smaller neighbours across the ditch. Um, but, you know, there, there are some people in New Zealand who have woken up um, around 8% to be exact. And, I mean, the, the National Party in New Zealand has done pretty well historically as well. So, um, you know, the, there is some silver lining to this you know, shocking election result. Um, but for the most part, it is terrible, terrible news. Um, she's going to absolutely tax the socks off the Kiwis, um, which, which is great for us because it'll accelerate the brain drain from New Zealand. All, all the talented people will come over here to pay less tax and make more money. Um, but that's been happening for decades anyway. So I think that's just going to accelerate it. So it's really a good thing from our perspective um, but the poor old New Zealand economy will just go straight down the toilet. Yeah, yeah. And then, as you said, they'll all be coming over here. We'll have uh, a lot more Kiwis. But there is one thing, uh, one sort of myth which I'd like to bust, um, which is the myth that New Zealand is a green place. You see, when I went down there, well, I mean, you get those great touristy spots, but really... The whole place, the trees are being cut down. I guess this is why she's um, she's wanting to plant more of them. But they've all been cut down. All the animals have been killed. I mean, there's only, what, four kiwis left in existence. Something like that. So, you know, they go on and on about being this great green place. But uh, it's about as green as a car park down there. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it, it, it's just because they've got such little population that they haven't really been able to um, chop down all the trees. Well, they, they did a pretty good job of the native forest and there's very little of it left. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know how this billion tree thing is going to turn out. I think it's just a um, a big uh, greenwashing of an entire country and a political party. Well, I reckon they'll be planting all those trees on um, prime farmland, you know, and trying to uh, destroy their milk industry. Yeah, that is that is probably the one sector which they do um, do well in the dairy and the um, wool and lamb exports. So, I mean, they're going to have to choose trees or farms. Really, I don't see there's not that much land in New Zealand, so a billion trees. That's um. Where are you going to put them? Where are you going to put them, Jacinda? And even more concerning than the trees is uh, the fact that with Jacinda, Queen of Socialism, in charge, uh, New Zealand will fall further and further into China's dominion. And we've seen that recently when 
Jacinda refused to condemn the laws that China was using to invade the previously democratic state of Hong Kong, and that has compromised their position in the in the Five Eyes Alliance, um, and really put Australia and the US and the UK in a difficult position too. And um, it's giving China a leg up into the Five Eyes and into our you know our beautiful Western network, which we have with those countries, and it's it's frankly shameless that she won't stand up for freedom and liberty and instead is being used as a mouthpiece for the communist chinese party oh i completely agree and i wouldn't be surprised tomorrow if they announce a new belt and road all the way from china to new zealand i mean via dan andrews's um victoria you mean yep stop off there yep and uh yeah i really see this as you know devastating um, to Western democracy that she is actively endorsing and working with a um, a communist regime which enslaves um, one billion Muslims uh, in the North China. That's right, the Uyghurs. I hope there's no Uyghurs in New Zealand. Yeah, you know, you've got the CCP. You have the CNZP soon. Well, I mean, it's basically what it is. They call it the Labour Party, but, you know, they're all socialists, they're all communists, and, uh, you know, these are just marketing terms. But it's very concerning, you know, and, yeah, China is spreading its tendrils throughout the world in all these kind of socialist hotbeds. And, you know, there's, you talked about the Belt and Road Initiative. Well, Dan Andrews is um, well on board with that. Uh, with that Chinese infiltration, and um, it, it just goes to show. I mean, look at look at the state of Victoria right at the moment, and and this is a good pivot into our brief discussion of Daniel Andrews, uh, well Adolf Andrews, as I call him, and Adolf Andrews has promised freedom to Victorians as of um, midnight on uh, what is it Wednesday, the twenty eighth. Yeah, I wonder if the those Victorians are actually going to leave their houses after the um the stockholm syndrome they might just stay inside with their poster of big brother dan on the wall and um yeah well they've probably gotten used to you know just living on the dole and watching netflix and getting uh uber eats deliveries yeah well it'll be interesting to see how uh, victoria turns out now i mean it's it's a real basket case with dictator dan and um, quite frankly, I am very glad that I live in New South Wales. Well, I think Victoria is just going to absolutely go down the drain. I mean, the economy is ruined. Um, the people are ruined. Uh, the leadership is the cause of that. And it doesn't seem to be getting any any uh, any better over there. And I, I just think all these, you know, when these people do come out of their lockdown and go and get their their lattes and their vegan donuts um you know what are they going to do they're going to go back to work go you know get back in the factories all the the businesses have been crushed they've been crushed under the yoke of uh this lockdown and um this socialist dictator so uh, i'd be very surprised if there was any businesses left in victoria i mean yeah, well, I could see them all just sort of coming up over here and uh, 
trying to get t- take our jobs. Well, yeah, there'll be a brain drain from Victoria soon. Yeah. If it's not already happening. Well, I bet it already is. Yeah. Yeah, well... Uh, that that is that is a big scandal. That whole lockdown and history will not look favorably favorably upon dictator Dan, just as history will not look favorably on the executives at Australia Post. Um, and I mean, sensational revelations that um, in the last few weeks, executives from Australia Post were giving themselves Cartier watches as a as a little well done present for frankly doing nothing. Well, look, I have no problem with Cartier watches, but if it's me paying for it, then it's an outrage. That's right. This is taxpayer money that's being used by Australia Post. It's a quasi-state-run organisation, and it is taxpayer money which is going into uh, not only their salaries but their watches and who knows what else, you know, their personal trainers... The oh, yoga yeah. sessions and just the the rotting of the um, public public purse by these um, unelected bureaucrats is sickening, and you know it's it, it's there's one common sense solution uh, which has been staring us in the face for years, and that is privatize the post. Privatization always ends well, as we've seen. You know, we've seen that with mm-hmm. the grid, we've seen that with Qantas. Um, with the fantastic motorways in Sydney, you know, privatization just works. It's um, well, the less things we have in the hands of the state, the better. And you know, this would never have happened if um, if those executives were answerable to shareholders and to a board. I mean, that's um, that's how things are done. I mean, you would never hear of an executive in a private company gifting themselves a watch uh, oh, with no. shareholder money. It just Oh, no. And look, if Australia Post was privatised, it wouldn't be two-day shipping. It would be one-day shipping. It would be same day. It would be, you know, five-minute drone drop-offs. Yeah, the free market would just allow for so much more efficiency. I mean, it's it's really been holding us back here. Um, It's holding the postal service back, and it's, um, it's just, you know, a case in point for small government... Uh, big privatization and um, you know stopping the waste and the rot of taxpayer money. Well, you know we already pay for the the post every time we use a post stamp. So you know why don't it would just be so easy? Why isn't it free if it's not privatized? Yeah, it's the first thing. And uh, well, we're paying for it twice. They're double charging the taxpayers. Yeah, and then we pay for their watches. And I want to see. Those watches refunded and that money given back in the form of a small stimulus to the Australian people. Yeah. Yeah, they, they do need to give back those watches. In fact, we could even set up a commission, a pr- private independent commission into the rotting and the watches because, as he said, this is just the tip of the iceberg. It's not just watches. It's lingerie it's you know aston martins it's private jets Could be and anything. yeah it's you know burberry um so gucci, gucci uh you know armani armani 
Louis Vuitton, all of these brands. So I would like to see a commission round it all up, put it all in a big truck, um, take it off these these bureaucrats, either auction it off or distribute it to, you know, people, uh, well, I don't know, maybe the politicians. Yeah. Well, now, now, now you're sounding like a real communist. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I mean, it is, it is just a, a shocking scandal, and the Australian public and you know the politicians are very, very um, justified in their outrage, and uh, we'll be, we'll be expecting answers from this. So watch this space. Um, and speaking of politicians. The IPA has come out with some more fantastic research about um, a potential upper house in Queensland with the upcoming Queensland election. Um, and, I mean, for those of you who don't know your Australian history, about 100 years ago, the Labor Party in Queensland um, did away with the upper house to try and, you know, tighten their grip, their socialist grip on the state of Queensland and uh, it's the only state in the country that doesn't have an upper house, and it means far less accountability for the politicians. Uh, it, the, you know, it's um, an absolute disgrace that the state of Queensland doesn't have an upper house, and what it means is that the decisions that are made in the parliament uh, um, and the elected members of parliament skewed far, far in the favour of the inner-city, woke-lefty, uh, you know, latte-sipping Marxists from Brisbane and the Gold Coast and the Sunshine Coast, and then the good folk of northern Queensland have very, very little say. I think it's about 65% or 70% of um, Queensland, of the, of the um, members of the Queensland Parliament, are from those areas, the southeast of Queensland. So, what what the IPA is proposing is essentially a um, upper house based on regions where the uh, and they they they're proposing to call it the regional council, mm-hmm. where all of the regions, the seventy regions in Queensland, elect their own councillor, the regional councillor, which will greatly spread uh, the power over uh, the w- a wider part of Queensland and allow the good folk of northern Queensland um, and the people who've been trodden down by this single um, this single house parliamentary system in Queensland. Yeah, well, you look at Queensland, you look at the map of Queensland, it's a big place. Huge. Is it all just one giant inner city? No, it's all regions and regional areas and... I think, you know, 100 years ago, the Labor Party was really trying to destroy democracy. Thankfully, they didn't get their way. Uh, well, they did, but they would have taken it much, much further. I mean, you just look back at these regimes like the, uh, the Nazis, the socialists, the Yeah, they didn't communists. have any upper houses. No. So that's the first thing they do. That's what Mao Zedong did. The first thing he did was you know, abolish all that stuff. And, you know, we just see the same pattern. So the other thing I'd like to say is that in this age of, you know, woke left BS coming out of our university institutions, 
Um, it's just so refreshing to finally see a good, solid piece of research coming out of somewhere, the IPA in this case. Um, you don't see yeah. that. Well, you won't get it from the universities. You'll get it from, you know, institutions like the IPA or the CIS, CIS. you know, um, places that uh, take great pride in their research and do it with great um, fervor and rigor. And, you know, they're not politicized like the universities are. You know, they don't, they're not afraid to speak their mind and speak the truth. You know, the freedom of speech on campuses has been, you know, one of the biggest crises that we've faced in Australia over the, over the last, you know, 30 to 40 years. And it's, it's only through the work of these organisations that we will uh, progress as a country. So it's, that's very good to see, and I hope that that gets traction. Um, but, you know, every time something great happens, something terrible also happens in this country for some reason. And the terrible thing which I'm referring to is, of course, the ACT mm-hmm. elections. Yep. And uh, very disappointing... Um, ABC, ACT, sorry, <laughs> ABC, ACT, Labor, same thing, will mm-hmm. continue to govern as it has done since 2001. But the big winners from this election um, are the crazy lunatic Green Party who've more than doubled their representation there. And so um, the ACT Assembly, which is basically a glorified local council, will have... 10 Labor members, down from 12, which is good. Nine Liberals, down from 11. And six Greens, up from two. Six. Six Greens. Well, you know, I was reading the headlines. Great win for the Greens. And I was just thinking, not the Greens, the CCP. Yeah. That's I mean, it. I mean, we, t- we talked about Jacinda, but the Greens, the Greens are even more extreme. I mean, they would, they would be pledging to a trillion trees if they were in power that's the sort of thing that that'd be well you look at the leader of uh china um president xi has just uh come out and announced a renewable energy target and i can just see exactly where this is going oppression um but yeah, there's everyone's wondering. It's a, it's an incredible thing that the the Greens have got so many seats, and and how could it possibly be? It's the CCP. It's their influence. Why, at you know the seat of power in Australia, who would possibly want to influence that? That's right. That's very. That's a very good angle. Um, so yeah, the, well, the Greens are now actually a part of government. In the ACT, because they've formed a coalition with Labor. I mean, thankfully, Labor hasn't stooped that low at a federal or um, a proper state level. But you know, this is this is a real, real problem which needs to be rooted out in Australia. And you mentioned the CCP influence. Well, it's um, it's very interesting when you look at the demographic of Canberra, and you think about who lives there. Well, bureaucrats unelected mm. officials mm-hmm. who want to take power away from the people in the free mm-hmm. market. And when you get a bunch of bureaucrats, unelected bureaucrats living in the same place, what do you get? You get socialism. Yep. And um, it's it's a certain type of person with a certain set of beliefs and attitudes. And 
um, you know, these these uh, mechanisms have gradually separated, um, you know, the capital from the rest of Australia and mainstream Australians. So this is the real Canberra bubble, a bubble of ideology, not um, a bubble of rumour and gossip. Um, so uh, yeah, it's just a big red bubble. Yep. Yeah, we're really seeing the influence of um, of China and socialism there, and it is disturbing. Uh, I just wonder, you know, what they're going to do next. Uh, so, yeah, when you see green, just think red. That's right. Think a trillion trees and a billion slaves to communism. So, I mean... It, it is it is interesting, and I think this comes back to the universities because all of these unelected bureaucrats have been through the system. They've wormed their way through our university system and learnt their socialist creed. Well, and then you know you can see you can see it in the inner city seats of Melbourne and Sydney as well. This this you know um, encroaching of socialism on the so-called enlightened inner city woke latte sipping greenies um, and Canberra is really that on steroids so that's something that you know we really need to call out and address this this trend in Australia of university educated people and socialism there's a direct link well um, and you also look at you know the amount of money that's going into universities from China that's exactly what I was just gonna say I Troy. read your mind you did I was just gonna say that you know, I'm just joining the dots now, but yeah. walking through a university, as I've done many times, yes. what do you see? It's not There's not, Aussies. Many, not many white people there. No, nah, it's Chinatown. It's absolute Chinatown. I mean, um, I, I, I used to live very close to the University of Sydney, and, you know, you'd think that you were in Shanghai when you walk through there, um, they've got, you know, they're putting up the Chu Chak Young building in um, right outside the quad, right outside that beautiful sandstone building. Uh, you have this disgraceful concrete um, Chu Chak um, edifice to yeah. Chinese yeah, communist to power. Communist China. I mean, it's 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 just absurd that these things have been allowed to go ahead, and the universities, of course, uh, you know have completely been um, infiltrated and compromised by this Chinese money, which has been gushing in in the last, especially the last 10 years, but it's accelerating rapidly. Hmm. And, you know, the, the uh, you get the feeling when you talk to students that the, the Chinese students are getting the priority because they're paying huge amounts in fees um, and donations. They're building buildings for them. Uh, the, just the amount of money which is coming in from China is just frightening it's terrifying mm-hmm. and you know you've seen the money from china the radicalization and socialization of um you know educated australians and you know the, you can connect the dots here it's a it is a um a conspiracy by the chinese and they've been much more successful in new zealand with the election of jacinda ardern but um, thankfully, at least at the federal level um, in Australia, we haven't gone that far. So we need to nip it in the bud, and you know, I, I don't know. I don't know what the solution is. Well, I think 
you know, I think the solution is pretty clear, and ScoMo's been pretty firm on it with the two hundred and seventy he billion. Been, he's been fantastic. I mean, um, he's he's definitely not um, cowering down to China like Jacinda is and Daniel Andrews. Uh, he's he's taking a very very strong stance, correctly of course, um, against the Chinese, and they're retaliating um, in terms of trade. You know saying they're not going to buy our barley and not going to buy our coal and all of these ridiculous propositions. But um, Yeah, well, I think we all know what we've got to do, which is just get a whole bunch more missiles and submarines. Yeah. We, we need we to need defend. To, we need to prepare. We need to prepare for war with China. Yeah, it's going to happen. It's it's almost inevitable, isn't it? When you, when you look at the way that, um, they're interacting with the U.S., um, it really does seem like at some point um, there there will be war. You've seen you've seen the brutal invasion of Hong Kong, which Jacinda was complicit in, mm-hmm. and you've seen now they're sort of posturing up to Taiwan, and that's that's going to be you know the, the straw that breaks the camel's back, in my opinion. It's very strategic mm-hmm. location, the, the Taiwanese Peninsula. So once once that goes, which you know will be sooner rather than later, I feel like you know the Western allies will be left with no choice but to go to war with China. Well, you know you can see it's coming because the war is coming, right? And what do the Chinese do? They infiltrate Australia, they take control over our politics, and then you know Skomo's just bought these these fabulous missiles but if you know when the chinese that they're biding their time and when they have total control which they're very close to they'll be the ones with their fingers on the trigger so when we do go to war who are we going to be fighting for the west or china well i mean i guess one of the most important um (coughs) excuse me one of the most important moments in our, in our history is almost upon us with the U.S. election, and um, you know this is another choice. This is a choice for the Americans between Trump and patriotism, and you know, um, loving America or freedom. and freedom, liberty, or Joe Biden and communist China, Russia too. Yeah, Russia. I mean, he's taken lots of money from Russia. But I'm, you know, we're not as concerned uh, with Russia these days as we are with China. Both communist countries, obviously, but um, China is the big one. And remember when Trump um, decided very early on to shut down the borders with China, Joe Biden came out and called him racist and xenophobic and sucked right up to Xi Jinping. Um, and that that's a very very worrying sign for the entire world, not just Americans, but the entire world. So. Let's hope that the Americans can see what's going on in this election and choose America over China. Um, I don't really have much faith in in the Americans um, as a population, but um, I think there's enough good people in in the U.S. to um, give President Trump a second term. Absolutely. I mean, it's not looking good for him in the polls, but as we've said before, the polls, it's just the media... Um, yeah. That's not it's, real. It is. It's it's the it's the socialist press, the um, you know, the fake news, mainstream media, and we saw it with Clinton. Didn't work. 
and hopefully it's going to be the same with Biden. Um, you just can't trust anything that comes out in those polls, in in my opinion. And well, I mean, it's a proven fact. So it's um it's going to be very interesting, and the fate of our world does hinge on this next election. Mm-hmm. And let's hope to God that you know President Trump wins. Yes, and uh, we are going to be um, on election night, reveling in uh, his victory. That's right. Um, so, yep, get, get behind it. Yeah. Well, I'm very, very excited about that night because um, hopefully I'll be attending the CPAC conference in Australia. Yeah. yeah. And be able to celebrate in style. Oh, well, it's, it's going to be fantastic. Um, uh, yeah. Have to get another MAGA hat. Yeah. Well, on that note, we'll wrap up today's podcast. Uh, a very concerning note to finish on, but food for thought. And remember to only let the right ideas through your ears.